on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bank road. Can't fold, doesn't know. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Q and AF. That is where you submit the Qs, and I give you the AFs. Uh, you, as always, you could submit those cues. Tell them, DJ. Guys, email those questions in to askandy at andyforsella.com. And that's DJ, hey my handsome co-host. Hello, children. Yeah. What's your, you guys need to be following DJ on Instagram, dude. What, what, what's your Instagram, bro? Uh, guys, I'm on uh, IG at uh, officially D Johnson. Officially D Johnson. Yeah. All right. Be following him. And be following me, too. A lot <laughs> of you motherfuckers don't. It's so weird. Like, uh, yeah. I can tell by the fucking data and the analytics of the show versus my actual following. So yeah. uh, there's uh, people that send me DMs, but like, don't follow. Yeah, me. guys, I do a lot of my updates and shit on Instagram stories. I don't yeah. post in my static feed, but a lot of what's going on uh, that you guys want to keep up with, I do in my stories. So uh, one of the things I've been talking about in my stories all the time is this new platform that we're launching, uh, which is going to be fucking awesome. A lot of you guys know that we're restarting the MF CEO project and uh, that's all cool. But there's a lot of other stuff that we're doing as well inside this platform that is going to be really cool. Um, and it's all going to be geared towards winning. Uh, I'm not really interested in, in doing the overly, uh, we're, we're going to talk about freedom and why it's important, but I'm going to leave that part of everything on this show. Uh, and on, on this other platform, it's going to be con all about fucking winning. Uh, but we'll have the video versions and the audio versions of both shows. We're going to have the video version of uh, my new YouTube show behind the scenes of that. Um, which is going to be really fucking cool. Um, we got all kinds of tools. Um, it's going to be the platform for the, the official platform for the Live Hard community. Uh, fuck, what else? We fucking awesome. Oh, car content. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You get to have your cake content. and eat it. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Listen, I'm doing everything on here. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to keep the losers out. Okay. We're going to keep the fucking bitch, little motherfucking whiner, pussy ass motherfuckers out. Okay. And we're going to consolidate the winning on this platform. Mm -hmm. So if you want to win and you want to kick ass and you want to build an awesome life and you want to be a baller and you want to make money and kick ass and all this shit. Be and, surrounded by other and, people And be surrounded by motherfuckers yeah. that do this. Okay. This is where you're going to want to be. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll have details on that more as we go. But like, dude, a lot of people are also asking like, how come we're starting? How come we're doing this? You know, and I want to explain that for a minute. Um, what do you mean? Like, 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 yeah, people are asking, like, why? Why am I doing this now? Like, yeah. I, I, a lot of people think that I should, like, go run and be in office and shit. Mm -hmm. And I've thought a lot about that, like, a whole lot. Uh, and it's, <laughs> I'm a problem solver, all right? And so, like, where I try to put my content is where I think I can do the most damage against solving the problem. When I started Real AF, you know, Real AF was for a couple reasons. One, I got really tired of people thinking that I'm some sort of like perfect human being because I, I talk about winning and shit. And I started having people like this with this cancel culture shit, like finding out that I smoke fucking weed or, you know, whatever, that I'm a normal fucking dude and I like normal dude shit. Right. And they started like holding me to this fucking standard on, the, on this entrepreneur show like, I wasn't good enough. Like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so then I want to do the show and show you motherfuckers what I'm really about. Right? 
Uh, so that was one reason. Like you, 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 some of you motherfuckers are so judgmental. You, you, you make making content literally miserable. Okay. Uh, I'm a normal dude. I got normal dude problems. Uh, I just happen to know how to fucking win. Okay. Um, secondly, where can I create the biggest solution? And as I've been telling you, um, over the course of the last three years, you know, there, well, the second reason I started the, the real AF was because I needed to bring awareness to what the fuck was going on. And, uh, in hindsight, I started a little too late because had I started a little earlier, I think we could have had some, uh, more of an impact on the tide turning faster, um, in terms of, you know, the anti-corruption shit that's going on. But now that I think that the corruption is so visible that literally all of you actually see what's happening, um, I have to consider, okay, what's the solution to this? And bro, in politics, from what I can see from the outside looking in and what I've experienced, there is so much corruption there that unless you're part of these people, you have a very hard time making any sort of impact politically. And the truth of the matter is, is that the politics isn't the actual problem. Culture is the problem. Okay. And for us to correct what's happening in the world and what's happening in culture, we have to mold culture, okay? Electing an individual or putting someone in office or doing, putting, that's a Band-Aid. And that makes you feel good for a minute. Like I said on the show the other day, like, yeah, you could do a violent revolution and kill all these people, but what about tomorrow? Right. And what about the next day? Because the culture will be the same as it was yesterday and the day before. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? You need a real succession plan. Yeah. yeah. So, so my plan and my where I've decided that I think I can do the most to help what's going on is by dedicating myself, rededicating myself to helping the younger people learn what it means to actually fucking win and helping them win because that's what's ultimately going to fix the culture. The, the problem with the culture right now is that we have all become these victims. We have all become these these uh, excuse-making, weak, soft, entitled fucking pussies. Let's be real. As a people. And that needs to change. And that's been indoctrinated into people for the last 20 plus years in the school system. You know, there's a lot of parents out there that are really concerned about, are their kids ruined or can we save them? Yeah, you can save them, but you're going to have to wake them up to the fact that they've been indoctrinated to bullshit. And then on top of that, you're going to have to put them with people who actually understand what winning is about and teach them how to win and adopt those principles. And that's why I created this platform. I created this platform. Um, and when you guys see it, it'll make more sense. But to be a community for anybody who wants to win, to go learn how to fucking win. For anybody that wants to be surrounded by people who aren't negative, who aren't fucking haters, who aren't fucking rude, who are there to support and uplift and push forward, that's what I created this for. So, you know, like... There will be no fucking trolling. There will be no fucking none of this bullshit. Now, there, we could talk jokes, right? But there's going to be a fucking line. And, and we're all on the same motherfucking team here. And I ain't going to put up with none of that shit. So you can rest assured that there will be moderators. There will be people in this platform that will just straight up cut motherfuckers out of it. Because I ain't dealing with this shit. This, this salty, sarcastic, fucking pussy attitude that some of these kids have about thinking that they can... They, Bro, there's so many people out there that never want a goddamn thing that think they fucking know everything about the world. It makes me fucking sick. And, and this is why I don't do social media the way I used to do it. I don't, I don't have any interest in, in getting on a fucking open platform anymore 
and telling people the secret sauce about what it takes and then having them be like, when they're fucking 18 years old, yeah, this guy sounds angry. Yeah, this guy sounds a little intense. Yeah, this guy, man, fuck you. You don't know shit about shit. You could barely wipe your own ass. You fucking don't even have a job. You don't contribute shit to the world. You, all you do is complain and make witty comments on the fucking internet and go cry about how you ain't get no pussy. You don't have no fucking money and you ain't got no fucking real friends. And you go, then that's what you do. Right. I ain't here for you. Fuck you. I'm here for the fucking winners. And that's what we're going to do on that platform. So you can either be on it or you can not see my shit. I don't really give a fuck, but that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. So I think it's going to be fucking awesome. Well, it's because I, I can make the biggest impact there. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I can solve the biggest problem there. And the okay. biggest problem is, is that individually we have low standards. Individually, we are living less than what we could. Individually, we are not contributing what we could. And individually, we have learned because we've been taught that uh, losing is some sort of noble thing. Yeah. Right? We're going to fucking correct all that in that platform. So if you're a little fucking sensitive, whiny, fucking soft little spoon, okay, this ain't for you. Neither is this show. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm tired of catering to people. I don't give a fuck what you think, bro. Understand that. I don't fucking care what the fuck you think. I don't give a fuck that you don't like my tone of voice. I don't give a fuck that you like, don't like my fucking cursing. I don't fucking care. You're you. I'm fucking me. That's that. Okay? So let's address that reality. And if that sounds like egotistical shit, it's because it is. <laughs> I, it is what it is. Hey. Like, fuck, dude. I'm tired of it. You know, I'm excited about this, though. No, I think it'll be fucking awesome. Yeah. Man. I think people are going to shit their pants, too. Yeah, yeah, well, they're going to have nicer, nicer pants to shit in because they're going to be winning. <laughs> I'd rather be shitting in a pair of fucking nice-ass pants than fucking some Walmart shit. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> Would you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a valid argument. I think, yeah. Would you ever shit in some fucking Tom, what do they call them? Tommy John underwear and fucking nice luxury ones? I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fuck they call. Sal wears them. You guys wear underwear? Ironically enough, I still wear the Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a figure of speech. I know you up my game. All right, man. Enough talking shit. Yeah. I got some good ones for you. I know you do. <laughs> I already know. I know I can count on you for some good ones. There we go. Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, I went hunting, man. Yeah, you did. Yeah. First time ever, right? Super zero. You know how many times more hunting you've been than me? One. Yeah, just one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the Reese's. You know, I get it. Yeah, no, man. I had a fucking blast. Yeah. I had a blast. I knew you weren't going to get any, though. <laughs> and I didn't even tell you why I knew, did I? No, you didn't say yeah. why. So DJ you fucking, saved it for the, you know, the podcast. That's right, I did. Assuming. Because you happened to be hunting with a certain someone uh -huh. that we both know. Uh-huh. <laughs> who is notorious <laughs> for not being able to kill fucking shit when sense. he goes hunting that makes sense all right yeah and he knows who i'm talking about you bro. know exactly yeah he knows yeah I know so i already knew because of who you were with yeah there was no fucking killing of animals didn't, happening. didn't even see one yeah didn't now he might kill it. some fucking people you're right all right no, that's true but this is true yeah he is a soft heart for animals i no, think it's all bullshit this is true yeah because nobody goes hunting that much and not get shit yeah that's true yeah, I, I didn't even fucking see anything, but then I did go in the evening too. Yeah, and, what happened uh, there? I saw one. Yeah, and what happened? Did not account for elevation. Yeah, and dropped about half. So basically, inch. you shot at it and missed. See, so you know what well, wouldn't happen if I no, shot at it? No, it's a little more technical. No, it's not. 
I checked with Cam Haynes. It's, it's, remember, it's more tech remember that? Oh, you did? I did, actually. Did you really? <laughs> did he get back with you on it? Yeah. What did he say? Well, no, so I, I, I texted him. Uh, like, he's right, such a good dude, Dude, bro. he's fucking awesome. Yeah. He, he's awesome. I texted him. I said, uh, I said, what's up, brother? What's up, pops? I need some words of wisdom. My first deer hunt. And he's like, let's go, brother. I'm uh, so glad you're out there. Just enjoy the journey. So much to learn in the wild. And I called him afterwards and explained to him the situation. Yeah. And no, he said, it's fine. Like, well, he's a bow hunter, bro. Yeah. It's your first problem. Though, but he gets it. You're asking someone how, that plays football how to shoot a fucking three-pointer. I think hunting is hunting, bro. I don't think so. I think bow hunting and rifle hunting. I mean, I know because I've been on a million hunts. Yeah, but like hunts, it was a tough. As we was, just established. It was a tough. It was a tough hunt. Like, I mean, like. <laughs> it was tough, it was, huh? Yeah. You roll up and you fucking sit in your fucking Denali. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, listen, yeah. listen to those hunters. Okay. When you hear this, they're like, they're going to be like, oh yeah. Okay. We get it, DJ. Here's so what it happened, was, bro. It was 200 yards away. Uh-huh. Okay. I was, I was uphill shooting down mm-hmm. with no support, no braces. You know what this sounds like to me? I, I I I can I can What's understand. What's it sound like, Madat? Sounds like a bunch of excuses. Me, I, man, okay. it sure does. All right. All right, all right. How many deer have you guys shot? I I don't shoot a deer. I fucking eat steaks. <laughs> <laughs> all I almost know, had it. All I know I still is got time. You know, all I know is we went and shot a little bit ago. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's funny though. What? So, so Did I fucking annihilated the you guy, in the fucking range? The guy we're talking about here, right? He he actually told he's like, dude, it's okay because just think there's a thousand other hunters that didn't even get a chance to shoot. That's, okay, and now this makes perfect sense. Wait, what? The story about he's like because he told me because I told him that was that was his comeback. <laughs> he's like, there's a thousand hunters that oh, didn't even man. get a chance so to like, pull the trigger. So, like, dude, if you're like broke and you're sitting at home, and you look at your bank account has zero dollars in it. There's a thousand other there's people. There's a million other people in the same spot. This is all right. Like, holy shit, man. Oh man, yeah. We still got some time though. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna see if I can knock one before for the weekend. So, yeah, you better talk to kid about that, bro. You go out there and shoot one of his deer. He might shoot you. That's true. Well, he's in northern careful. Missouri, so I think we're fine. What? Yeah, northern Missouri hunting. Is that where he is? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's up there for the big white tails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but dude, you got some pretty good size ones out there. Yeah. I got some good ones at my house. Yeah. yeah Bro, you I see know. that big one in my house? I got like yeah. the big, big one. The trail camera. I was about to pull up, Fuck. but then <laughs> I feel like Emily would have been pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's pretty big. About, right. about eight points. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Looks big to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do the show. She said. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Let's stop fucking around, guys. Jesus, Madat. Yeah. Fucking Syed. All those excuses. <laughs> By the way, did you watch the fucking UFC fights? No, I was too busy hunting. Did you? I know you did because we were texting the whole yep. time. How fucking badass was that first round with uh, Poirier and Chandler? And Chandler it was one yeah. of the best rounds I've seen. Bro, ever. No, I've been watching UFC since fucking UFC was UFC 1. We're fucking, they're fighting three three times a night and shit like that. That was, dude, to me, and and like, bro, I don't know Poirier. You know, I, I hear he's a good dude. I know Ed's friends with him and shit. I know Chandler because he's from here and he's a good ass dude. Mm-hmm. And I wanted him to win. I was rooting for him and I was bummed that he fucking lost. But fuck, that was a great fight. Poirier is one of the best in the world. I know. I know. I know he's great, but they're both great. But like, bro, that was like, that was fucking. It went to decision, didn't it? Huh? Did it go to decision? Nah, he, yeah. No. Yeah. Listen, sure. dude. These do, listen. 
when you say these dudes beat the shit out of each other, it doesn't do it justice. Yeah. His, Holy his shit. His nose was leaking. Bro. But it was both of them. Both of them were fucked up. Like, it was fucking brutal, bro. And, yeah. like, they were beating the fucking shit out of each other. I, listen, I've seen a lot of brutal UFC fights. That first round was probably the best first round of MMA I've ever seen in my life. And I'm no MMA mm. expert, dude. Like, I kind of watch it casually, but I have the luxury of being able to watch it since the beginning. I've probably watched hundreds of fights. That was, like... It's definitely up there. I was sitting on the edge of the fucking seat. Like, I mean, like, fucking, dude, it was crazy. Yeah. If you get a chance to watch that fight, bro, you should watch it. I it, get a text from me. Holy fuck. Yeah, bro. Bro. <laughs> like, right after the round, that's what I said. I said, holy fuck, bro. Like, the, it was, because, dude, the, whole, the round ended, like, the dude was about to get knocked out. Mm. Like, it was, and there was, like, two or three back and forth where both of them, like, it was really close. Yeah. They both could have been knocked out in that first round multiple times. It was mm. fucking crazy. Yeah. But anyway, Mike, if you're listening to the show, that was fucking badass, dude. I can't wait to watch you fight next time. So. <clears throat> yeah. Let's get into this. Yeah. Uh, Andy, question number one. Uh, Andy, early on in business, how did you navigate the business relationships uh, with your suppliers early on? I'm launching a retail service store for computers and tech. I'm trying to bring back small brick and mortar with experience uh, that Best Buy just can't compete with. And I'm curious if I should be trying to build a genuine relationship with my suppliers or if I should just keep it as the, quote, I buy what they provide. How should I gain the trust of other businesses to be able to further stand out? And how did you maintain those relationships? Well, look, dude, those relationships, first of all, <clears throat> I, I got unlucky and very lucky at the same time uh, mm -hmm. in, the, in, in the beginning of my business. Um, I had a company uh, that was a, a nutritional supplement distributor that on our first order, you know, this dude was like, I can still remember this guy, man. His name was Tom. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company. Mm -hmm. I think they're out of business, but I'm not trying to, I don't like stirring up a bunch of bullshit. But this dude, I mean, he fucking took us, bro. Like he, like he made it seem like, like he was giving us the biggest fucking deal. And I thought like, fuck, dude, this guy's a really good dude. Like mm -hmm. he's taking care of us. And I, looking back, what he really thought was, these dudes are never going to make it. And I'm going to fucking take everything they got from him right on this initial order. And, um, and I told everybody that story for fucking 15 years. Mm. Uh, and, and like personally, I don't think the company exists anymore. And I no. think a good reason is because, because he shit. made a misjudgment about who the fuck and there's a lesson to be learned on both sides there. Yeah. Well, the lesson for me was don't trust people that pretend like they're doing you such a good favor without doing your due diligence, which I didn't do. Uh, meaning he was offering me things, making it seem like, because uh, we only had 10 grand. Our first initial order was $10,000. We financed it on a credit card. We probably only got about $6,000 worth of actual product of what we could have got somewhere else. Mm. So like I got really fucked hard there. Um, it was my own fault. I didn't, I didn't, pay attention i didn't shop around this dude was a good talker and he made me feel like i, I like he was going to do me right mm -hmm. and he nearly put us out of business and i told that story for first 15 years and eventually i think they went out of business because of it and it's a good a good lesson for all of you mm -hmm. don't do that to people because yeah. you never know who the fuck's going to become who okay do everybody right when you do everybody right you don't have to worry about that shit coming back later so that's the first lesson i also got lucky because um i got hooked up with Europa Sports um, and a guy named Chad Ratliff and then 
two guys, the two owners there, uh, uh, Eric and Jeff. Now those two dudes, now they have since sold the company and, and they're on a different path now, but those three dudes, um, are the ones that kind of taught us the ins and outs of how to, to operate a retail store. And they, they did a lot of really generous, good things for us coming up over the, over, I mean, up, you know, up until they were out, which I think was just recently, um, they were always treated us right. They always did us right. They always helped us. And, uh, for that reason, I fucking love those dudes and I would do anything for any fucking one of them still to this day. You know what I'm saying? Um, but those dudes, we wouldn't be who we are now without them. And did we have some rough times? Did we have some conversations that were, were not easy on my end to take? Yeah. Um, you know, one time I went there and laid out our business plan for first form and, and the guy who was running shit over there was basically kind of like, and I mean, his legit quote was, well, if you think that's such a good idea, then cause I was trying to show them what I think they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt like I had a, a good perspective from the retail point point of view that they were missing. And I took that to them and, uh, they heard it out and it was all good. But at the end of the meeting, the dude running the show kind of looked at me and he was like, well, if you think that's such a great fucking idea, then go do it yourself, which I'm thankful that he said that because mm. we did do it ourselves and yeah. here we are. And, you know, but at the time it was hard for me to hear that because I took it as, I took it as a personal insult, which I don't know that it was or it wasn't meant to be, but it, that's how I took it because that's how I take shit. Yeah, right. And, uh, and okay, you know, motherfucker, I'll yeah, show you. Yeah, yeah. And it was good motivation because yeah. now I'm here. And, 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 and to, to be honest, like I still fucking think about that. Mm. So I'm going to continue to take it personal. I'm, I'm not going to be upset about it, but I'm going to use it as fuel like I tell you guys to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but those, those, you know, I, I got lucky that I was able to have a bad experience and then also some really good experiences, mm -hmm. right? Where I had these dudes who appreciated us and looked after us and, uh, and really helped us. And we wouldn't be here without them. There's no fucking way. Um, with that being said, uh, it's important to build tremendously strong, healthy relationships with your, with your suppliers. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Because if you're just a, and by the way, in the beginning, it's very hard to do. Because you, you have to understand there is a hierarchy here. And that hierarchy, whether you think it's right or not, <laughs> has to do with how much fucking money you bring them. Mm -hmm. Okay? So they have- Your big, feelings don't change that. No, nah, that's it, bro. <laughs> like, you, you're fucking, you think everything's fair. It ain't fucking fair. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the guy who brings the most business is going to get the most attention. And so in the beginning, you don't get very much attention. And that's just the way it goes. And so you have to understand that that's, you have to be humble and understand and recognize where you are as a company. And be grateful for the time that you do get from some of these people because in, in the big scheme of things, like it's very, very difficult to get on their radar. You have to understand that. And whether it's right or wrong, it just is. It's what it is. So what you have to do is figure out how to make yourself stand out with these suppliers. And some of the things that we used to do uh, is, you know, we, we, would, we would do extra things for the people that took care of us. You know, we would, we would take care of them in, in, a, in a ways that we could take care to show appreciation. Yeah. Maybe it's a small gift. Maybe, maybe it's a, uh, donate to their charity when, when they ask for things or whatever. I looked for ways to, to contribute where I could. Cause remember, dude, I didn't have any money. It's not like I could just do these things. Yeah, right, like, right, right. I had to get creative. Right. And, and it's important for you guys to get, especially with the environment that we're going into now, where companies are going to deal with the players 
because of the economic environment and they're going to basically concentrate all their effort on those guys. You guys who are just beginning, you're going to have to really do things to make, to endear yourselves to these suppliers. Mm -hmm. And I know you guys, the natural thing is, well, I'm the customer. Yeah. Well, no one gives a fuck about the guy who is small when it comes to the, the supplier business. B2B is not like B2C. Okay. Mm. B2B, the, the businesses that are the bigger ones control the businesses that are smaller ones. That's reality. Mm. So you have to adjust your perspective from I'm the customer to I'm lucky they let me order from them because mm. that's the reality. So once you're in, have an attitude of gratitude and then also do things to uh, become friendly and, and develop genuine friendships with the people that have the power to help your business along. That's a massive deal, okay? Um, <clears throat> and if you don't do that, you're going to lose the people that do. That's the, the, this is real shit. Now, in, in B2C, now this is where you, you do have to understand that you have to fucking be great with every single customer. Mm -hmm. And those customers, you have to have the same amount of gratitude that you have these customers uh, as you, the gratitude that someone else will serve your business by letting you buy from them. Mm -hmm. And, and if, you, if you put the gratitude out both ways and appreciate both sides of it, you'll be a much more successful business uh, and you'll be able to maintain and get something going from the ground up. But you have to obey is the laws of reality, right? Mm -hmm. Like the laws of reality are that... <laughs> When it's B2B, a lot of big companies barely have room to, to, to operate for you and to allow you an opportunity to even create a market. You might have to deal with some inconvenience. You might not get the fucking VIP treatment. And especially nowadays, everybody wants their fucking asses kissed mm -hmm. every fucking which way. And the minute that the supplier doesn't roll out their fucking red carpet for some of these people, they fucking freak the fuck out. Yeah. Well, guess what? That supplier, he talks to all the other suppliers because at that level... All those people are connected. It's a handful, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So if you ruin a relationship with one of these motherfuckers, the rest of them are going to know about it in fucking five minutes. Yeah. And that's what you're not. They don't, they don't want to deal with that shit no. either. <laughs> you, you'll become, you'll become branded a headache. Mm. You'll become branded a fucking pain in the ass. You won't get any love, and it'll be really hard for you to do business. You have to treat your customers. that Now, when we're talking B2C, mm -hmm. you have to treat your customers that the Dude, the thing I try to drive home in every single meeting and every single talk and every single fucking consultation uh, and every single executive meeting that I sit in is you have, to, you have to figure out how you can get your entire company to recognize the fact that you are fucking super lucky to even have the opportunity to talk to that one single customer. Hmm. And the whole attitude is one customer at a time and, and forever. And that gets harder to do as you get bigger. Yeah. As you get bigger, people are going to see your company differently, including your employees. They're going to see it as, well, we can afford to lose one or two people. And if you discover that mentality inside your company, you need to fire those people immediately because that is the cancerous attitude that will kill your company. Mm -hmm. Every single cu customer is the fucking only customer. That's how you have to... You ha it's like having zero options mentality that we talk about on the show so much, mm -hmm. um, which is easy to have when you actually have zero options but it's hard to have when you have a lot of options. Like it's hard for me to get up every day and, and like I have to put myself in a mindset that I have no other choice because guess what? I do have choices. You have to do that for your customers the more you get, like, right? Like you have to train your staff to re recognize that those people are your only opportunity and you're fucking super blessed to even have those opportunities. 
And to get a whole company to do that when it's very clear that you're doing okay mm -hmm. is, is a very difficult thing to do. It's much more difficult to do than when, when you're fucking nobody and everybody's hungry. Mm. So, you know, the answer to that question is, yeah, it's important and you should be very good at it and you should spend an extreme amount of time uh, building relationships with your suppliers because at the end of the day, these are the people that are going to dictate whether or not you have product. They're going to dictate when you get your product. They're going to dictate when you're out of product and how soon you're going to be resupplied with product. And if you have somebody there that's an actual friend, they're going to do a lot better for you than someone who's just a fucking transaction. Yeah, love it. Uh, Andy, question number two. When you hired your first employee, did they understand the employer-employee relationship immediately or did it take time? And uh, what did you learn the most uh, about hiring your first employee and how serious did you take it? Well, typically... You know, when you hire your first employee, it's probably going to be a friend or a family member. And it's not just someone off the street. And that usually traumatizes people to having employees because your friend off the street will totally walk all over that fucking employer-employee relationship yeah. in the beginning, especially when you don't have any systems in place. Your business is really just an idea. It's not a real thing that's catching yet or anything mm -hmm. like that. So in the beginning... <clears throat> Uh, it's very difficult to establish that boundary for most people. Um, but if you as a leader are comfortable putting that boundary down, it will be respected. Now, are you going to have to deal with people? Like, like here's what you have to understand. Like in the beginning, um, you may think your business is the most awesome thing in the world, but that person that you're paying to work there understands that you may never fucking make it. Mm. So they have leverage on you, mm. right? You know how many employees walked out on me, dude? Uh, over the course of the first, you know, fucking five, 10 years. And every single time they said the same fucking thing, every single time, if they were, if it was bad, mm -hmm. like that's, I'm not saying like most of the people that left, they just left to go pursue a different career. We're still cool. Like I still love all these people. I appreciate yeah. all of them. Live, laugh, love. I get I, it. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real, bro. Yeah. Like people, pe listen, that's another thing. Like you have to, as a small business, you have to understand that some of your employees are not going to be lifetime employees. They're going to move on to other things. Mm -hmm. And you have a much better, like a lot of these small business owners take that shit so personally that they create a rift with someone. But I would offer you another perspective. Wouldn't it be cool if these people went out and built awesome businesses or awesome careers on their own and they did so with the fucking information that you taught them while they were there? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you be proud of that? Because I can tell you this, I'm proud of that. I have a number of employees who have worked here who have went out and created cool stuff or in the, in the, in the midst of creating cool things. And, and it makes me fucking proud. Yeah. Okay. So don't be the business that like, you know, hates the people that leave because bro, they'll hate you back. Right. Mm. Um, and it's not good either. Like, it's just not a good way to think. But uh, fuck, what was I getting at? The point of, the point of this question is basically, uh, you know, as you get bigger, and as you become, it becomes more clear that you're going to, uh, what I was going to say was they all said the same shit. Mm. They said, uh, they said, oh, it's down, all downhill here, all downhill from oh, here. Yeah, if they, yeah. it, you know, like that, slick I, shit like it's that. all downhill from here. Oh, is it really? <laughs> really? I'm looking. I don't know. It seems like I continue to go uphill. Okay. So you can't listen to those people. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's their own ego talking. Um, but as your company starts to develop. Uh, a presence and people start to realize that it's actually moving the right direction. The amount of people that will try to run that boundary uh, 
and, and dilute that boundary between employee and employer are less and less. And as you get bigger and bigger, and bigger, that continues to be uh, true. So mm-hmm. like now, you know, when people come to work at, at here, let's just say at first form where we're sitting, um, you know, people understand like this is, they understand what the fuck they, they have an opportunity now there. It's not, it's not, they're giving us the opportunity. It's, they have an opportunity. Right. Right. right? And so, you know, well, those systems different. are in place. Yeah. And I also would like to add this in, in on this conversation. You know, for the last five or six years, we have had as, as, a, as a whole in culture, business culture, um, not here, I'm talking everywhere, outside, out everywhere in the country. We've had plenty of jobs. We've had plenty of growth. We've had plenty of startups. This has been going on for a decade. We have all these new exciting opportunities, blah, 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 blah. And now... Twitter's laying people off. Facebook's laying people off. Fucking Amazon's laying people off. Disney. Disney's laying. There's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs that are evaporating instantly. And by the way, who fucking told you this was going to happen? Okay. And as this happens and as people realize that this is happening, there's two things that are going to happen. One the businesses that continue to grow and continue to push, continue to operate are going to have the ability to hire better skilled, higher skilled employees because other companies that gobble them up that might be bigger and be more established so they attract the best base are going to lose some of these people. Mm -hmm. Some of those people are going to leave those kind of places and come to places like mine, okay? Or other places like that. that. Companies that are continuing to move forward smaller companies. That's the first thing. So the talent pool just got a lot fucking more competitive. The second thing is that people for the last 10 years have had all these opportunities and they have taken for granted what they believe to be reality. Meaning a lot of people think they're entitled to a six-figure job. A lot of people think that, you know, they are entitled to a career in general because of whatever the fuck they were told at college and they are going to come down to a this is going this is going to create a a a situation where people and culture is realigned to understand that you will only have the opportunity if you are good enough to have the opportunity you will only earn high income if you provide high value. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't been the case for the last fucking decade or so. Yeah. Everybody's felt, everybody feels entitled. Mm-hmm. They take for granted the opportunities that they have. They think that because, you know, there's lots of opportunities, they can like bring their personal problems to work and they can like, you know, make everything about fucking therapy and they can fucking make these excuses and then get away with no call, no showing yeah. and all this shit. There's some demands. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That shit is over. It's fucking over. And it's not, it's not going to be over. It's over right now. And so if you're in a company right now and you have opportunity and you have the opportunity to grow and you're bringing in your personal problems or you're bringing in your fucking whining or you're bringing in your fucking this or you're fucking that or you're fucking this, guess what, motherfucker? Peace. Because your seat will be filled with someone who wants to perform, who understands the reality of what's going on. My, this is a warning to all employees out there. Mm-hmm. You better perform at every single company and you better fucking add revenue to the fucking company and you better do whatever the fuck it is that you do and you better do it great. 
because the talent pool is getting much more competitive and the opportunities are much less right now. And that is a fucking reality that people are going to have to come to terms with. Okay. So the, the, this delusion of the employee employer relationship will end up correcting itself here over the next few years because there just isn't going to be the opportunities that there have been in the past. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, bro. So the winners are going to fucking show themselves and the whiners are going to see themselves to the door and there's going to be a big correction in the workforce. I actually think it's going to be great for fucking this country because it's going to culturally retrain people what actually matters in a workplace environment, which is performance. That's what fucking matters. That's it. That is it. That is it. That is it. That is all that fucking will be rewarded. And I'm not talking about here. I'm talking about everywhere. People are not going to put up with your shit. They're not going to put up with your woke shit. They're not going to put up with your fucking cancel shit. They're not going to put up with your fucking feelings. Yeah. If you don't That's like part of fuck- the reason these companies had to fucking lay off, bro, because if, you, of the woke if, you, don't, shit. if they- you don't like this fucking decision that they make and it offends your fucking mm-hmm. and you say, oh, well, you know, I think I think this is, you know, uh, this is making me feel this kind of way. Peace. Mm-hmm. See ya. That's what's happening. OK, so you guys out there to have jobs, you're probably none of the people here listening to the show are like that yeah, just yeah. by the nature of the show. For sure. But this will be a time for you guys, the fucking winners to get much better at your skill set because there's going to be no room for this fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's already happened. It's hard. Look at the fucking data. People are losing their careers left and right right now. And I told you this would happen. I warned you. This is the whole reason I got to real AF in the first place. But people didn't listen or I'm not, I don't have a big enough voice or you motherfuckers didn't share the show enough. But get ready because we're going to fucking war in terms of like, how good you're going to have to be with your skill set to provide for your fucking family. You better, you better be getting good right now. Real talk. Uh, Guys, Andy, our third and final question, question number three, Andy, how much impact does location have on your success? I currently live in a small town and struggle with meeting new people and growing my business. Would it be better, better for me to move to a bigger city and get my name out there or stay where I'm at and develop my skills before expanding outward. Well, do they say what kind of business it is? No. Well, it depends on the kind of business. I yeah. mean, if it's a total virtual business online, it doesn't matter where the fuck you live. Right. If it's a brick and mortar location, of course it matters. It matters a lot because if there aren't people to see your fucking business, there's no customers. There's an old saying that my dad and I like to use, and that's this. You can't sell lemonade in the desert. Lemonade's a great fucking product. If you were in the middle of the fucking desert, everybody needs lemonade. Mm-hmm. But how many motherfuckers are in the middle of the desert? Right. Okay? That's, <laughs> that's what you have to understand. Mm. This is a real thing. So, like, you may have the greatest solution to a real problem. Like, bro, if I was fucking starving and walking through the fucking desert and I saw your lemonade stand, I'd give you everything I fucking got to get some fucking lemonade. Mm-hmm. Problem is, I ain't ever going to be there. Right. Okay. So you need right. to locate. Dude, there's a reason Damn. that people say, what do they say about location? Even location, you know. location, location. Okay. They don't say anything other than that. Yeah. You know why? Because it's the most important thing. Mm. You have to be visible. All right. And, and the great thing about the internet is that you could be visible without uh, having a physical location. But if you're relying on physical location, real estate and location is the name of the fucking game. You, you can have an inferior business with a better location that will outperform a superior business in a shittier location. Damn. This is, this yeah. is reality. Yeah. Okay. You, if you are a superior business in a shitty location, 
you have to do 10 times the amount of work to get the same business as the shitty business will get in the better location. Mm. It, I know this because I've dealt with it forever. Yeah. I understand retail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, in fact, I would say that's where my bread and butter is. Like, for all you motherfuckers that own retail shit, like, I can make your shit a fucking empire. Okay? So, listen to me. It matters a lot. Yeah. And if you're running a brick and mortar place, and by the way, um, maybe, maybe, I'm, this is probably not, or you wouldn't have asked the question, but maybe you could earn enough money in your small town with your business because what's enough for you? Mm. That's a question we should all ask. Relative, right? Yeah. There's no... There's no nobility in getting on the fucking wheel and just running your whole life. There, there isn't. So you have to decide what the outcome is that you want. And I see a lot of people that are in a business, and this is another correction we're going to see. There's going to be a lot of people that shouldn't be in business that will get pushed out. A lot of those Lambos getting repoed. It's not that. It's, 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 it's not that. It's not that. That, that might happen. Yeah. Okay. But that's not what I mean by that. I'm talking about people who are good, really good people, really good employees, really good entrepreneurship has been glorified, bro. Mm -hmm. And it's been it, for the last, I've been saying this forever, dude. It, it, it's going to get lean. Yeah. And it's been shown to be some sort of option for most people. When in reality, it is not an option for most people. Mm. Seven to 8% of the population is an entrepreneur and only fucking uh, like one half of the fucking 1% at the top is actually successful. All right. So like that's, that's math, mm. that's data, that's statistics. And, and, you're probably not the exception to that unless you are willing to give everything you fucking have for it. So there's a lot of people like me, for example, I would say I'm naturally entrepreneurial inclined. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was running snow cone stands, business, like baseball cards. I always had this. Okay. Um, and even I, who has a natural inclination for that, have to give everything to fucking do what we do. Like, like Sal and I, and like the guys around here joke about it all the time, but like, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm pretty fucking smart and I still got to give it my all, mm. you know? And there's a lot of people out there that don't have the skills, don't have the experience by my estimation, aren't that fucking smart. And they don't have the fucking, the, the, the stubbornness to not quit. Right. Yeah. That are in business. And like, bro, it's just a math. It's a game of math. Like those people will lose. Like, unless they get tough, unless they be develop those skills, which is why we do this content. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, bro, uh, getting back to location, it's fucking everything. Yeah. It really is. And if, if you have, if you have a, a location, you're great. It costs more money. B location is still pretty good and you can do well with it. But I wouldn't do anything other than A or B locations. Like, they yeah. have to be very best or, or at least very strong. Yeah. Don't just fucking find a no, place. No, yeah. Listen, we, we did that. Like our first store and spring, it's still there. I was going to ask, like, why, why Springfield? Like out of. Oh, well, <laughs> so um, I went to college my first semester out of high school and I hated it. And I went to spring break um, with Chris in uh, my, my second semester of college. And we went to Panama City. It was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. And I fucking loved it. And I met all these people that I went to school with him that I became friends with on this trip. And, and bro, I went home and I packed my shit and moved to Springfield the next fucking day. No shit. Oh, yeah. I, I went that. home for spring break. Yeah. <laughs> I packed my shit in my fuck. I had a fucking Isuzu Rodeo. Okay. You don't even know what the fuck that what is. What is that? All right. It was like a fucking SUV that Isuzu made. And mine was bitch too. It was Azuzu, fucking black. Isuzu? Yeah, it was cool. Azuzu rodeo. rodeo. Yeah. So 
I packed that motherfucker up with all my shit. I drove that shit to Springfield. I fucking, I, I fucking moved in. Uh, like eight months later, we started the fucking store. No shit. Yeah. Huh. We started the first store. So why Springfield? Because I wanted a fucking party. <laughs> Real talk, bro. It was awesome. Nah, man, that's the newer one. I, w- I had a way older one than that. Oh, no shit. Yeah, type in like- uh, What year? Like, like this would be like 96 or 97-ish, 98, something like that. No, nah, 99 maybe. I don't know. No, that would have been, yeah, it would have been 99. Was it two-toned? No, no, no. It wasn't two-toned. Mine was all black. That's the wrong body style you got up there on the screen. Though. That's the newest, like that's the, I had the old one. <laughs> Bro, it was cool, though. I had some cool tires on it. Like, it was fucking cool. Mine was more like that one. Mine was still, that's still newer than the one I had. That's why I just pulled up, I think. Put in Gen 1, Isuzu Ro- Yes, that's what I had right there. Damn. Exactly like that. Exactly like that. Same color, same fucking tires and wheels. Trim, it, yeah. Bro, that shit was cool as fuck. I'm going to say, it don't look yeah. bad. No, it was cool. It was cool. But yeah, I packed that motherfucker up, drove down to Springfield, and fucking started coming up with ideas for businesses, hmm. you know, and that's where we came up with the idea. We're going to do a tanning salon, right? And we didn't have enough money to do the tanning salon. Yeah. So then we came up with a nutritional supplement store and uh, we financed that shit on credit cards and shit. So like, Damn. yeah. And I got, that was how I got fucked by that dude because he, he charged us 10 grand, you know, yeah, for six, six grand, grand worth of shit. Yeah. Piece of shit. Yeah. But anyway, I, man, that fucking thing still looks pretty good. I was, dude, it doesn't yeah, look it, look, bad. it looks rugged. Like, it's cool looking. Doesn't look bad it was a turd, all. though, bro. It had no power. Like, it was a turd. <laughs> it was manual transmission. It was fucking sweet. Bro, you can find one of these for like yeah, a like thousand a bucks right now. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Damn. So, yeah. So, uh, location, once, location, location. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, the location is Springfield, right? So that, so, so in the beginning, bro, you got to take what you can get. You know, I didn't have credit and I didn't have anybody who would co-sign on the fucking lease for me. So we had to find a guy, we had to find like a good old boy dude. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we did. And this dude's name was Mark Tharp. I'll never forget his name because we wouldn't be in business without him. Um, and he owned Red Wing Shoes, which is still next door to uh, where our first store still located, which is 1709 South Campbell in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, we're a block away from Bass Pro next to fucking Wedgwood Barbershop where Harvey yes, fucking, sir. bro, like tons of history there, man. Yeah. Um, but this dude had a spot next to his Red Wing shoes that he owned uh, that he was willing to rent to us for $1,000 a month. And um, all we had was $12,000 in cash. So we had to pay him the whole year up front. So that was the kicker. We, he would lease to us, but we had to give him the full year up front. And, and then we financed everything else on credit cards. That's how we started. Yeah, it's that legitimately everything you see here, everything you come in and see every single day started with that. People don't get that. Yeah. Like they like, dude, when I go in here, like when I talk to people or I go talk in front of crowds and shit, they have a hard time understanding. Like comprehending. That, yeah, bro. You guys don't understand. The you fuck don't, you mean you had to pay You don't understand yeah. the dues that were paid to fucking yeah. sit in this chair. Like, bro, 10 fucking years of work earned me $58,000 total. Just think about that for a second. Now, I work seven fucking days a week, okay? I work fucking from 9 a.m. to fucking 9 p.m. Seven fucking days a fucking week, okay? I didn't go home. I didn't go home for Christmas. I didn't go home for fucking Thanksgiving, all right? I spent spent fucking 10 Thanksgivings and Christmases 
fucking alone when everything else was closed in Springfield, Missouri, sitting in my fucking apartment or hanging out with my three or four other friends that maybe didn't have a family or couldn't go home as well. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, dude, I could tell you a billion stories. None of them would ever make sense unless you fucking actually saw us do it. And it was, you know, like, that's why I don't have sympathy for people when they fucking cry about like, oh, you can't get this going. You're telling me. Oh, it's hard. That you have the ability with your fucking, what you carry around in your pocket every single fucking day to build a brand and reach people through this fucking device. Okay. When I was having to heel toe my fucking fat ass around Springfield, Missouri and knock on doors and shit. You think I have sympathy for you? I don't have any sympathy for these guys. Okay. We, we live in a fucking pussified fucking soft ass world. And people are going to learn through this correction that's coming up how valuable their, op- their opportunities are and how valuable their career is. And you're either going to learn that, that you need to be skilled and you're, you're going to win. And there is a score. And it's not fucking what they taught you in school where everybody gets a trophy. The reality of fucking natural order is going to slap people in the motherfucking face. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. So I don't have sympathy for the people that don't get it because of what I've gone through. Like people say, oh, well, that sounds traumatizing. Yeah, you're fucking right, bro. You're fucking right is traumatizing. I'll never fucking be a normal human. Like you motherfuckers act like, why, why the fuck am I am the way I am? Because I fucking went through shit that nobody else could fucking ever possibly do or comprehend. Mm-hmm. Y- you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And so like, I don't expect, like people are like, well, uh, I see someone said this about you. I don't fucking care. Fuck you. Go do what I've fucking done. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, fuck. You develop a lot of confidence when, you, when you've gone through a path like that. Mm. Anyway. Well, guys, Andy, that's all I got. Yeah. Three. Yeah, share the show. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a pole, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, does a no. Headshot, case closed. Close.